ladies and gentlemen, Comedy Film Nerds episode 263. It's a really exciting episode. We've uh, Unfortunately, we don't have Fast and Furious 7 to talk about because we already did it last Can week. Can we talk twice. about it again? I'll talk yeah, about how much we, I still love it. Okay, maybe we will. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about it. Here's, sure. what, here's, what, here's what popped into my mind real quick, real fast, 7. Okay, well, we need to talk about this. Here we are. It's Tuesday. It's April 7th. Fast and Furious has already made... A hundred million dollars or something. Oh, it did. It did well sixty-seven it. million yeah. its first day, yeah. and absolutely right. They're saying it Correct. might be. Uh, it might be Universal's first like billion-dollar franchise. Well, what I'm looking forward to is the Fast and the Furious connected universe, like the Marvel universe, and spinning off into different individual movies, introducing new characters. Yeah. So we expand the universe of the Fast and the Furious films. So we can see cars go underwater. Right. And then cars in space. Yeah. Yeah. Wormholes. Of yeah. course. Of course. <laughs> It's going to go off into all sorts of tangents. Fast and Furious on the Moon with moon cars. It's going to it's just going to be it's it's Why going to it? I I don't know first of all first of all ladies hold on ladies and gentlemen this you, Fast and Furious uh theorist that we have on the program uh he's been on the show before ladies yes. and gentlemen Chris Gore. Thank thanks thanks for having me you guys. Okay, this, so back but, to your theories. The, now. The, well the thing is this, the connected universe is the big deal now with studios and they're right. always looking for the new you know franchise. Why? why? Not because it was a great idea the studios because and it is by the way, but because one of them made money. So right. now someone else is going to come along and try it and do it incorrectly, okay. and then blame it and say, oh, the connected universe stuff doesn't work. Well, okay, well, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, talk, let's talk this. In all seriousness, what other franchise would you connect Fast and Furious with? Ooh, that's really interesting. You could probably get the Expendables in there, but then probably kill them all. I mean, that would be that would be the best. Yes. I mean, the Expendables, the, co- the, the DVD covers of all the Expendables movies pretty much well, looks like gay porn to begin with. And yeah. step up. Well, that's, that's, that's <laughs> and then add step up. Well, that's my my. I want to do a comedy parody, right? Called Step Up and Furious, <laughs> where it's a dance troupe, you know, racing cars and fighting to stop terrorists from taking down the teen center or whatever. Right. <laughs> just on airplanes, on airplanes yeah. and car chases, but it's always a dance car chase fight. Right. Yes. Right. Yes, that's what I want to see, I, and it's it all work. of those two worlds of like. You know, the terrorist Rico who, uh, you know, wants to make the, 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 the teen center. They're going to lose the big dance or whatever. The co- who cares? Like, who cares? That's what I step up in furious. You think they'll ever do a crossover I, Transformers Fast and Furious? Uh, it's possible because they, they've said now that they want to turn Transformers into a connected universe type thing, which to me, connected universe. What? All, all, all connected universes really mean are we're going to make a fuckload of sequels and spinoffs. That's all it means. It yes. doesn't mean like, and also connected universe is not an original thing that Marvel did. It was done before. You know, if you look back to the universal monster movies of the thirties and the forties, sure. and secondly, even the Toho monster films of the sixties were all connected in some way. Right. Right. right? Uh-huh. So it's not a new thing that Marvel did. They just did it successfully in the modern era. It just shows that people like long form storytelling, like, like our binge watching series on Netflix yes. and whatnot, just to, just to actually be serious about it for, for a second. No, you're right, Let's though. get back yeah. to fucking with it. Yeah. But still, like... Um, but yeah. one of the but, things but, but that also, Marvel did, they they pretty much took the comic book um, uh, model, like everything's connected in the comic books. Let's just translate it into movies right. instead of just doing everything right. separate. Well, the, like the way DC is doing. I don't even know if, if you guys know this. They're going to make no. like a Flash movie. It's in development. But not the Flash that's on TV that they're doing right now. Which is a like, great show. If you're a regular is, watcher of the Flash so TV like, show, it's why fantastic. Would, why would you make... We have the Flash every week now, and it's great. Why would you now make a movie? And then also, he'll be in the uh, Justice League uh, with like 
you know, the new Batman Marvel, and Superman. And I, they, they're not getting it. Like, there's there's no reason to make that film. And why is nobody just going, oh, we should just do exactly what Marvel's doing? Right. Like, well, this, is, this is like the, like, well, it's like, it's like the, in the NFL. Right. Like, who's won the last five Super Bowls? Get your fucking offense to look like that. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? <laughs> just, like, yeah. just do that. Like I don't, I don't get this shit. Well, I think what it's going on in the studio meetings are like we need to do what Marvel's doing, but worse, but in a dumber way. <laughs> yeah, but in a in dumber the- way. Well, the dumb thing is they don't do the, the the tacked on endings. They didn't do one for Man of Steel. They didn't, uh, you know. So who knows what Batman v Superman is going to be? I mean, we are going to see the trailer now with Mad Max Fury Road. The trailer for Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice will be on that movie. Uh, it's it's fairly official, and that comes out this summer, right? The Batman. Oh, May. Max. No, no, May. May. Mad Max. Mad Max May, movie yeah. is mid May, and that's when we'll see the first trailer for your favorite character, or at least one of them, Batman v Superman. So, uh, Graham, May is hold your horses here. Our summer is front loaded. We get uh, Avengers and Mad Max in the same I'm month. In. Yeah, I'm in. And it's nuts, right? And yeah. I got, and I cannot wait to see. I want it. I don't know. We talked about this, and we're going to talk about this forever. But the 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 Batman v Superman. God, I keep going back and forth, like what this is going to be. Well, the, did did they learn the lessons of Man of Steel? Did they look at that and go, Ooh, you know, maybe it was a little too dark. Maybe it was, you know, Superman's more of a fun character. Maybe we, don't we need should to give do, him dialogue. Maybe we should give him dialogue. True, but like maybe they. I mean, it's it, is it, it? Did they look at that? Also, I think Ben Affleck being involved, not only as Batman, but you know, he's he's. I'm hoping in some way he's ghost directing this movie because God, because I, he he has and he definitely has developed um, an eye for quality. So I'm hoping that he's more involved. I inter- and of course I I I salivate over every little tidbit and learn that you know Hans Zimmer said that Junkie XL is going to be doing Batman's theme in the mm. film. He'll, he'll be doing the music for for his whatever his theme music is. It just sounds like they're throwing everything in, and every announcement just makes me even more nervous. It's like, I know. well, yeah, they 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 have um, uh, cameos by Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and now it's rumored that you know this new Flash character will be in too. Right, and the only person I think that is definitively not in it is Mister Mixelplex. Is yes. the only <laughs> one that's not in yeah, it. Yeah, because you have Lex Luthor is in it too. Right, yeah. right. Uh, I don't know. Man. It's it's gonna be it's 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 gonna be strange. I think definitely you know it's now less than a year until that film comes out. We've really so only seen the start on the script. <laughs> yeah. Now's the time, fellas. Yeah, come on, guys. Start writing it. Get working on it. Now that it's shot, yeah. they should start working on that script. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That's, oh, Mancini, you, uh, you get me every time. Every time. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well, okay, wait. What's up? With, yeah, so so Fast and Furious 7. It's great. It's great. It's so like, much fun. Is it yeah. like, here's my thing. Is it like we were talking about before? Is it like a five-year-old playing with Hot Wheels, but they made a movie from that plot? Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I, our fan Jason Christian wrote, he goes, it's a seven-year-old it's the inside a seven-year-old psyche. I mean, it's a seven-year-old. Pretty much, yeah. That's, everyone's saying that. That's what it is. If you're, if you're five to seven years old and you're just going, mm, yeah. and you're like, Someone now films, the car can fly. And yeah. it's like. Someone filmed the male id for two right. hours. <laughs> and I mean, goes, it's something could honey, be cool for what it is. It is, know? it is. It's really fun. It's really ridiculous. And it's, um, the plot holes and the plot devices are so ridiculous 
But what's so fascinating is you don't care. Okay. You don't mind. It it's so you just you're just along for the ride, and that ride uh, just takes you far from Logic Town. It is Town. such. <laughs> and it it's is great. such a thin cool. line between this and then the big budget movies that are like the Transformers or the or the GI Joe that or are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that, are, that we'll talk about later yeah, that are so dumb and don't get it because I, I think those movies think they're being clever I don't know wh- but there's something they're just doing right and it's got to just be and they're going to keep doing it it's got to I mean it's literally it's almost like a a millimeter difference between yeah, it's literally it's such what a makes line. something so that makes it ridiculous fun versus ridiculous stupid. it's camp to kitsch it's not that far away yeah. uh, i mean they're even they're doubling down universal they're building a giant you know um part of the tram ride at the theme park so you, you know you drive in the tram and then you're gonna be racing along with the cars that's oh the, that's fun that's that gonna be fun. that's literally they're putting so much money into it it's gonna be the finale of the tram ride now that's the big so we did wow. it we did a furious seven spoiler up with matt myra it is available yeah. download it listen to it yep it's great. And as of now, let's uh, let's talk about Woman in Gold you got to see. Okay, I saw Woman in Gold and we were all... Now, just to... I want to tell the audience here just because they're going to think you're making it up. Ryan Reynolds and Helen Mirren are in the same film. <laughs> yes, it's not a mistake. <laughs> this isn't somebody uh, did a edit mashup right? and put it online. <laughs> I, think the, I think the only way I could possibly have any interest in seeing this or even enjoy it is if I imagined in my head that this was somehow the Deadpool movie and they just haven't, he's just not in the Deadpool costume. <laughs> And I think that that if I can just keep that if I keep that thought sort of floating there that it's like well Deadpool looks really good in those glasses pretending to be a lawyer um, maybe, maybe I would have some interest in seeing it. All right, convince me, I Graham. Will, convince I me. I will convince you. I will okay. convince you because I had the, all of those reservations, but part of me was like, it's based on a true story. Yes. So. Um, and it's directed by uh, Simon Curtis, who did uh, My Week with Marilyn, which is a movie I thoroughly enjoyed. And the rest of the time, he's just done a lot of TV. He's a TV director, which sometimes those guys don't, they can't translate to the big screen. I like My Week with Marilyn. And this movie, you know, it's Helen Mirren, so she's great. Mm-hmm. She's great in it. Um, would I have cast Ryan Reynolds in this role of the young attorney who, you know, uh, gets into it for the money, but then realizes it's more. And his 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 great, I think great either grandfather or great grandfather was lived in Austria, and was a famous composer and all this stuff. So we've kind of it's about his history and 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 him going. You know what's right. You know what this is all about. I don't know that I would have cast in it. That being said, he does a decent job. There's a couple of scenes that stick out as a little too Hollywood cliche argument, but that Like when he pulls out his power ring. Yeah, and goes, I'm going to ruin this franchise. <laughs> um, but there's a scene, there's a, there's a scene where he like argues with her where it's like down, you know, because it's this several year long, it's just a couple, like maybe two year legal battle and all that, you know, where's the battle going to go and all that stuff. And he has some kind of argument with her. That's just that. That was the one scene towards the end. I was like, "Oh man, this just feels like Hollywood nonsense." But I don't blame Ryan Reynolds for that. I blame a script and a director for going. We need a this this moment in this type of movie. Isn't that in the screenwriting thing? That's like one of the beats is yeah. the two protagonists have to have sort of a separation so they can come back at the uh, together at the end to yeah. then triumph and then win. Right. It's exactly that. And you're just it's like, a triumph of the will, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, no, I didn't. Oh, Chris, you fooled me. Um, uh, so yeah, it's that where you're just like, okay, this is just paint by the numbers, and you don't need that because it's a, it's one of these things. Like, I hate it when Hollywood does this. This is a true story. Pretty compelling. Uh, <laughs> you know, you don't need to add anything to it. You don't need uh, to Hollywood it up. The you story don't need to Hollywood it okay. up. But they, honestly, that's a small fraction of the movie. The rest of the time, it's really good. And their scenes together are excellent. Um, the supporting characters that they have to play the, the, the German bureaucrats and all that stuff, uh, th- those, those are cast well. And then I got to bring up this guy's name. Um, and Woman in Gold. So he is where Katie Holmes, Max Charles Dance. Oh, Charles Dance. You know, he's in a Charles Dance is an English or he's from England. He's from England. So, but in this movie, American accent. And at first I was like, huh? That caught me off guard. But then he, he pulls it off and he plays the head of a, a, a of a law firm. So he does a good job. But where is the, the well, Christian Bale had a Batman accent? He sounded pretty good, actually, if you ask me. <laughs> This is the guy, uh, Daniel Bruhl, um, who was in uh, the movie Rush as the German dude, you know, the, the, the asshole German, and he played that race role. Race car driver. Race car driver. Mm-hmm. So this he plays a young Austrian guy that's helping them out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, and I won't spoil this, he's like, you know, I, the reasons why I'm helping you are my reasons. Don't worry about it. And you find out later and it's like, wow, it's, it's compelling and how he plays that. And you got to see this guy, this is a young, this is a good young actor who, um, you know, you get to see his range of the, the dick hard, hard ass, you know, professional athlete race car driver to this like, this guy with um, some sensitivity who's, who's trying to help them, but is like, look, guys, the Austrian government is never going to give up this, this painting, so we got to go at it another way or whatever. So there's really, there's really cool little moments in this film. Um, and I like it. I, I, I liked it a lot, and I was like, well, all right, Ryan Reynolds. Like, maybe he's suffering from, from uh, you know, pre-Captain America Chris Evans disease of just getting shitty scripts or... Or McConaughey, you know, who just had the worst scripts given to him, but actually he has some depth as an actor. I don't know. And then took charge of his career and started doing some amazing I saw Interstellar. I'm with you. I'm with you. Right. So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bad example. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, yeah, exactly. Like, that's what... that's what Matthew McConaughey did. He just took charge of his career and he just said, I'm going to do Killer Joe and now, I'm going to do Mud and I'm going to do all these things. For, the, for those people that don't know the actual story of this, this movie, Here's it's, the about, it's, a, um, it's stolen artwork from the Nazis, right? Right. So Helen Mirren, this is, and she's playing an actual woman. This is a true story um, who uh, is playing uh, Maria Altman and there was this classic painting painted of her aunt. And her... Oh, I didn't know that was a painting of a relative. It was a painting of a relative. Oh, okay. Her father was an art collector in -hmm. uh, in Austria. um, And they were Jewish. And they paid paid this really... This famous guy, Klimt, who's a famous Austrian painter, I believe, to do this portrait of their aunt. And then, obviously, the Nazis came and took the photo and it's been or uh, the painting and it's been hanging in the main museum in Austria for 50 years. And she's always like, Oh, 
you know, I wish I could get this back. I have no proof or whatever. And her sister, the beginning of the movie starts with her sister dying, Helen Mirren's sister dying, comes across some old letters and goes and finds some like documents, like a will or something like that. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. So then she contacts Ryan Reynolds and, hey, is there a case here? And he's like, all right, let's let's look into this. So it's the battle as to legally, does she have legal ownership of this of this painting? And the Austrian government is like, well, Klimt is our guy. This is this is no, and we've got paperwork that suggests this thing. And and so they're then they're trying to find a, a will and a note and all this other stuff to sort of solve the case. And so it's a suspense thriller, a little bit, a little bit. A little, okay, I, mean, cool. I mean, it is it is sort of a it is isn't a suspense, but it is like a to drama. It's like a courtroom drama. Gotcha. It's like a good okay. courtroom drama. Like I, I like those. I yeah, like those. an international courtroom drama, and. And you know, you Helen Marin. Does know, anybody at any point go papers, please? Your papers, please. Oh, they've got some great <laughs> German bureaucrats. They've got them. Oh man, they do a great job with that. And she goes back to Austria, and I think the director too also did a nice job um, of the way he stylized her flashbacks. Like when she goes back to Austria, she would kind of look into a room and see like. Like there's a scene where she's she there's there's in this like outdoor plaza in Vienna, which is a beautiful city, like outdoor coffee shop, and they're there in whatever year this was, nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine is when this actually takes place. And then all of a sudden she sort of sees her and her sister as kids in this you know, so the, they're wearing clothes of like the late thirties or twenties or thirties or whatever, and then everyone around her is in modern clothing, but you just that's just like I thought the filmmaker did a nice job of sort of showing you how the human brain works in terms of flashbacks. Um, so that, that stuff was cool and, and, and how they, you know, kept going back and forth and how Helen Mirren is, you know, dealing with this and, and Ryan Reynolds, who is, is Jewish, but you know, grew up in America and, you know, that's the Holocaust is just, oh, my mom wants me to make sure I see the Holocaust memorial when I go back. Like, he he doesn't really... He doesn't feel a, con- a personal connection. No, he doesn't feel a personal connection, you know, but that's sort of part of his character's arc. So right. I, I don't know, it's an interesting film. I, I, it is one of those things where I look at movies like this, like I looked at uh, that Benedict Cumberbatch film... Uh, the, the, was the imitation game. Imitation game. I look at those movies and I say, I'd really love to see a documentary that actually tells me the real story because then you hear how the story does get messed with as you were kind of complaining mm-hmm. about the mm-hmm. argument right. near the end that is kind of a screenwriting required beat right. and a cliche. You don't really need that. And documentaries sometimes just spell it out better. Absolutely. Especially and, having seen that that Scientology documentary recently, which I don't know if oh, you've discussed clear. it. Oh, going clear. Yeah, yeah. Holy, have you discussed it on the show? We have. Oh my mm-hmm. God, so good. Especially the footage with Tom Cruise. It's so amazing. Yeah, we haven't seen it yet, but our, our guests saw it and then we have a great oh review on the site. Um, so it's, Such a good documentary. I mean, HBO really is. Their the documentaries are... They're hitting them out of the park. I mean, I mean it's incredible. Yeah. Them and e- what ESPN is doing for sports documentaries and what HBO is doing for everything else, like those two are just like head and shoulders above everyone right. else. Mm-hmm. But right. but it's a great 
what you're asking, it's a great thing, is this is based on a, this, an actual documentary did come out about this. Okay, good. So the documentary already exists. The do- documentary already exists, and I felt the same way of like... And the documentary has spoilers, so yeah. watch it. Yeah, the, watch. When you're talking about the imitation game, one of the things I'd really love to know, and I don't know if we'll ever know this, is what really happened to the machine? Like, you right! Know, you know, that's, uh, if you haven't seen the movie yet, it's, you know, MI6 comes in, well, we gotta destroy the machine. And you never know, did they destroy it, or, they it, or it's, what it's, happened to it? Did they use it to make something else? Because, you know, generally what happens is any military-type technology gets developed into consumer products often. Right. Like everything – I mean, people, a lot of people don't know that. Stuff like even just stereo was like first in military. It's really interesting um, to see what happens with that technology. Yeah. I, I, I love, imitation game I thought was great. I just was annoyed at hearing that it's not historically accurate. But what, <laughs> what I do find fascinating is the facts of that didn't come out until years later. Yes. That, that, mm-hmm. that has been kept a secret for a long time. And it's bizarre how, you know um, – England was able to kind of manipulate Germany in the war to the, to their advantage by not giving up that they knew they they had cracked their code. You know, it was it's it's, it's you know, the other one of the great of films of last is, year is how do you decide after you crack the code which and one of the things that they had to wrestle with is which uh, ones do you leave, which attacks do you let through and which ones do you stop? Right, like which one which attack will tip the Germans that you know the code and which ones won't? Yes, yeah. The documentary is called "The Art of the Heist: The Lady in Gold." That is the documentary, which I'm now going to go watch. Yes, <laughs> right cool. now. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think, I, yeah, it, this movie is an interesting film. Uh, I think you, you'd watch it on a plane or something like that, and it's great, or or sort of a DVD to pass the time mm-hmm. or something like that. But I, I'm more curious, because and this is the thing that you talk about, and I do this every time when I'm watching uh, a biopic or whatever, a drama, as you go, did they really... Yeah. Did he really fight with the guy? Did he say this or did they? No, they didn't. You know, like that's that's the thing you want. Hollywood to drama. Hollywood drama. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you find out Hollywood gets it right. Like um, the I'm blanking on it with Tom Hanks uh, and Big. <laughs> yes, we know that children can uh, cast away, cast away, free mile. <laughs> Bosom buddies. <laughs> Joe versus the volcano. Yeah. Watch the documentary about Joe versus the volcano. Um, Bachelor party. Ba- yeah. That's a favorite of mine. That one, the, where he good. plays Walt Disney. Oh, right, right. Yes. Um, and dream girls. Dream- yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the one. But in real, and, and, and uh, saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. We would lose at trivia night. Yeah. I can just tell you right now. We suck. It's not that you suck so much, you're just assholes. Yeah. Right. Well, also, that's a weird title, too, it's for that movie. Save Mr. Banks. <laughs> Shouldn't it be that Mary Poppins thing movie? Yeah. The Poppins movie. Poppins movie. Yeah, but Poppins a, Disney. But in that film, and then I- Poppins wa- Mr. Walt. I watched like a some sort of, not a documentary, but some sort of, you know, history channel type thing about it. And, and that woman was that- kind of difficult and meticulous and was giving Walt Disney notes at the premiere. She's like, I have some changes. And he's like, yeah, we're at the premiere. Like this is <laughs> ship sales kid. Like this is how this is well, going did, down. Yeah. But did they call it a preview screening? <laughs> <laughs> a 
I'm referencing something we talked about off. Yeah. <laughs> um, a callback for two other people in the room. <laughs> right. Well, we both laughed. Yeah. I know. It, it works, buddy. It works. Your audience of know two. Know your audience. Yeah. yeah. Standing SR, standing ovation from your two guys here. Um, all right. So Woman in Gold, and then, and, then, and then watch the Art of the Heist Lady in Gold uh, uh, documentary about it. And then watch Goldfinger. Absolutely watch Goldfinger. <laughs> so we actually have a sponsor this week. What the Yes, fuck? and this is one that continually sends you cool stuff that I you use. I love Harry's this razors. This is Harry's razors. <laughs> they are amazing. They, they're not only good razors, but they're really cheap. They have like a uh, disruptive price. It's so cheap. Um, and you can go to harrys.com, but it's not only that they're cheap, we're going to give you even another $5 off mm-hmm. with the coupon code comedyfilmnerds.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and enter the coupon code comedyfilmnerds and check out for $5 off. Now, what yeah, products- The coupon code is comedyfilmnerds. Yes. It's not comedyfilmnerds.com. Right. It's harrys.com. comedyfilmnerds, yes. Yeah. Now, Graham, you use like a lot of their products. You use the blades and like the the uh, the shaving cream, right? The, yeah. The gel? The the razors, and I've said this before, uh, I don't shave every day, uh, but when I do, it's with Harry's. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I have always had a kind of thick, gnarled, weird beard. That you're, you're like Fred Flintstone. I am like Fred <laughs> you're Flintstone. You're like Fred Flintstone, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> I am the Fred Flintstone of comedians. What? That makes no sense. <laughs> um, so uh, I've always had to buy, like, I can't, I'll give you an example. I was... I was, this is going to sound like such a rich asshole thing. I was at a day spa and I, I needed a shave. So I used one of their, they have a disposable, they have disposable razors uh, for the clientele. I mean, we're not animals. Yeah. Um, And, uh, and they're disposable razors and it's got a rotating head, two blades and it, it's destroyed my face. It, it like, almost ruined your spa day. It, exactly. I was like, <laughs> you people are animals. Like, if you don't bring in Harry's razors to this high-end day spa, I'm just not coming yeah. anymore. Now rub my You're feet. going to lose a customer. <laughs> yeah, rub my feet, you savages. Um, and bring me some more lemon water. Uh, nobody better look me in the goddamn eye. These are other problems that don't relate to my shaving. But I did that, and I was like, and I was like, that's right, I can't, I haven't been able to use, I have to use nice blades and I've had to use this for years. So I used to buy the, the whatever, the Mach 3s. They're expensive as shit. Even like I'd get them at Costco in bulk. These razors, they sent us, you know, they sent us a sample. They're amazing. When They make their own blades. They make their own blades. And here's what's crazy. Did you know they um, they liked the blades so much they purchased the factory in Germany? Yeah. They just they just bought it. They bought Germans. Yeah. So this is <laughs> this is retribution for the woman in gold. So yeah. it all it all makes sense. <laughs> but I'm telling you, these blades are amazing and they're they come in cheap. Like when the last like they have an ad paid for us to do an ad read in a while. I still buy the blades and I stand by this. And when I'm going to re-up, you're goddamn right, I'm going to use coupon code comedy film nerds <laughs> and save five bucks. They're great blades. They come in at about a lot less than, they're a buck, 50, 60, something like that. Depending mm-hmm. on how many you buy, you can buy right. them in bulk or whatever. The, buy the more. more you buy, the cheaper The more they buy, the cheaper they buy. They're definitely under two bucks a blade. And you get the foaming shave gel too, right? The, the shave gel is nice and the starter set. That's the other thing. If you're new to this, you get the starter set. You right. get a nice handle. So now I have two handles, one in my bathroom because I shave in the shower like a like a man. And, uh, <laughs> and one in the car. And one in the car. <laughs> 
<laughs> when I'm shaving my legs yeah. to go to a big audition. You know, in case the spa misses a spot. Oh, I got to bring women out of the spa like a like a filthy person. Uh, no, I, and and my because I have a travel kit. Obviously, I travel all the time, so mm. I have two separate Harry's blades that I with me at all times. I, I hope you guys are getting paid by the minute because yeah, this is this like, is little, because long... first of all, I'm sold. Yeah. So, and I have a beard and I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> so so shave your, com. shave your wife. <laughs> I get it. Come on now. Remember, polish up your man face, polish up your man face. <laughs> so harrys.com and enter coupon code comedy film nerds. Save five bucks. Save it. I could talk about these all day. Though. Hashtag, sh- hashtag shave it. Has- hashtag shave it. Polish me. Hashtag polish your man face. Hashtag shave it, work it. Harry's now, Razor uh, is part of the Comedy Film Nerds Network, isn't that? <laughs> podcast now. It is now, yes. Yeah. I, could do a, so. I could do a weekly podcast about how much I love shaving. Yeah. I get in the shower. I get my face all nice and hot. I have a mirror that suction cups to the wall. Oh, I thought you were kidding. No. But no, you were uh, um, <laughs> I could I could talk about this in Batman. Top all day. scenes, top scenes in movies yeah. involving shaving. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus in Close Encounters. Um, there, what uh, Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Don't after write. after Goose dies, remember right. he's there and he's he's shaving and, and and Tom Scared comes in and goes, "Hey man, you lose guys or whatever." He gives him that great speech. People die. The color purple. Whoopi Goldberg. There's a shaving scene. Yeah, she has to shave wow. um, with a straight razor, yeah. and she she thinks about killing him, but yeah. doesn't. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so okay, <laughs> let's talk Clint about Eastwood in yeah. um, anything. In anything, does it, is it? God, it's one of them. One of one of the westerns he did. Yeah. Oh, where he's getting there where shaved. shaved. I think it's Josie Wales. He's paying for a shave, mm-hmm. and then they come in and he starts taking guys out, blasts them, and then finishes his shave. Of course he does. He's <laughs> not at it. He's at a spa. Yeah, he's at a spa. He's at a, he's, <laughs> Josie Wales is at a day spa, <laughs> getting a stone a stone facial. <laughs> Outlaw Josie Wheels. <laughs> so, Chris, now we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to. I don't know how to transition out of that, but that's. I'm going to try. Well, I'll tell you what. It's going to be a clean shave. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um So we're Chris. You just came back from WonderCon. We want to talk about WonderCon, and also um, you have a, a Kickstarter right now to save FilmThreat.com. FilmThreat.com, which has been a staple. In right. the film review uh, space for many, many years. Right. Well, I mean, I started Film Threat magazine. It was a zine when I was in high school. Now, why don't you explain then, to our um, listeners what that is, a magazine? A, z- a magazine. It's like, just like the internet, but on really thin slices of wood. Yeah. That's <laughs> what magazines used Does to be. Does it have pictures? Okay, so wait, say yes. a, a wood internet? Okay, walk me through this. <laughs> it was a wooden internet. This was the pioneer, the frontier days of information being spread. Um, but yeah, so Film Threat Magazine, I started as a zine in high school evolved into a larger magazine through the 90s. I turned it into a website in 1996, and there's 19 years worth of content on there. Now, the, for the last five years, Mark Bell owned Film Threat. Yes. And it was the, sort of Because you sold it to him. I sold it to him in a deal where he got to basically take it over for free and pay me a certain amount of money over five years, which just didn't work out for him. It, mm-hmm. it, and and, and the, the numbers were down. So the rights reverted back to me. Whether I wanted them or not, <laughs> whether I wanted film threat or not, I'm now inheriting this beast. The, but the, the, the reality is, is that I supported film threat, you know, the whole time. I mean, through various stages in my TV career, such as it was, was something where I was willing to spend 10, 20 grand or more a year to just support 
the website, right? Because it was like, well, it's a marketing expense. You know, mm-hmm. Graham, Chris, did, did as, you have as a lot comedians, of, as comedians, you, you got to spend money. You got to spend yeah. money to do yes. download cards. You got to spend money to do yeah. travel. You got to spend money to support the marketing or your career or whatnot. So I was like, well, Film Threats kind of supports me, so I'll just throw money. Where, where it. did a lot of it go? Was it like staff infrastructure? Like what Staff infrastructure. I've got to like, well, first of all, I have to rebuild the website completely. Uh-huh. We're talking about there's 80,000 stories on the website. Wow. Um, comprising the, the 19 years years, including all the old back issues of Film Threat. Mm. So this is something where I, I just had to say to myself, I cannot put my own money into this. Right. You know, I, I, I've just, I, I'm just not in a position anymore to be able to support it. So if people would like to see Film Threat return, you can contribute to the Kickstarter. Actually, if you go to filmthreat.com, it'll redirect you to the Kickstarter page. Um, and, and the intention is to do several and, things. And One, there's only two weeks left. Let's, there's only two weeks left. Yeah. It's looking grim, but Don't it's say that. But it's do looking, you know where you're sitting? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know who you're talking to. Well, yeah, I mean, you guys have done well with Kickstarters. We were seventy grand out three days before. Your Are book. you kidding me? Seventy oh, wow. grand out three days to go. We're and Chris and I were like, this is not happening. It's right. not going to happen. What was? What's the tipping point? What was the? Because I because I mean the thing is I just don't know if what I'm offering is I'm offering to bring the website back. Do Graham app. threatening to hang himself on. Was YouTube. that good? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just but it's hard. You're in the middle of the campaign, like the beginning, and it's one thing that they don't tell you about doing a Kickstarter is how emotionally oh god draining oh I know it is. it's twenty four seven every minute I'm not working on it I think what am I doing that I should be doing now. How can that I'm I get another doing. pledge? How can I'm I get another pledge? I'm having a it's woman in gold nuts. flashback right yeah. now. Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's it's just, I, I, and I'm physically drained, you know, from it, like mm-hmm. promoting it during WonderCon. I had got save film threat buttons made. I, I'm offering new perks. I think the perks are pretty cool. Like, like I'm, I'm, and I'm offering to bring back not just film threat, um, DVD Tuesday, but bring back DVD, DVD. The segment was called DVD Tuesday, but the best part is, Everyone, like yourself, mispronounced it. Nice. So the new segment will be called DVD Tuesday, which is which is actually not legally stepping on anyone's toes uh, right. to, to call it that. So yeah, so I'll bring that segment back because it was the most popular segment on Attack of the Show. Right. Um, and we'll see. I mean, look, I'm I'm I, I'm trying to raise one hundred twenty five thousand. To bring to do all of these things, it's a myriad of things. I've listed, uh, it's it's all outlined in my three minute video on the. I actually page. watched it and went through. It's a very well put together video and page. It's yeah. it, it goes through like the first when you see, I'm like, oh, what does he need all that money for? And you right. literally break it down. Right. It's not just to reprogram the site. It's to bring back the show and to do all these things. Um, and so you're going to bring back an online oh, show, like an online yeah. show for DVD Tuesday. That'll be it'll basically be. Kind of a film roundtable with creators, critics, and comedians talking about movies. I can't think of any other shows like that, but uh, <laughs> but I, you know, yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, the whole thing is, is that the, the Film Threat website was always a site that like would write about the weird stuff you'd never heard about. In fact, if you are no uh, bigger supporter of indie film than film I got to tell you, and, man, and, and if, like, you, if, you, if you if you listen to the iPhone or Droid extra that's on this show, mm-hmm. I'm going to do a DVD Tuesday of something that if you're okay. So if you have the app, which you got to get yes. the app, yeah. uh-huh. you'll get the extra, but you're not going to get it unless you listen to the Comedy Film Nerds extra, right? It'll right. give you a taste of what I'll be doing. Um, once once it relaunches, I, I want to talk Excellent. about. I want I want to like to our fans that, to, who maybe don't ever remember Film Threat or didn't do it for Chris and I. Uh, you know, when as we, filmmakers, as filmmakers, and when we first got into LA and we first started doing films and taking our short films to festivals, Film Threat was 
was sort of like our go-to. It was our Bible. It was our like, every time you're getting beaten up by Hollywood, you, we would go to Film Threat, read the magazine, and then the website and be like, yeah. And your, your film festival survival guide, which we both owned, and, uh, you know, I remember reading that well before I ever met you and was just like, oh man, this was so cool. And I remember it saying funny things like celebrities heads are always larger. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Very true too. It is, it you found true. out. No, but that book helped. You when, even went into how to get into parties. Well, I, No, yeah. because it's, no man, that's not yeah. bullshit. I do that's like not. to give the no bullshit advice. I mean, the, yeah. the dumb thing is that a lot of people do. I, I don't, I, this is a weird thing with me. This is why this campaign's so tough for me. I can't fake being positive and upbeat all the time. I find that draining. What I find actually liberating is to be vulnerable and to be honest. And if I'm feeling down, I'm going to tell you guys I'm feeling down. So can I just say I'm feeling down? Yeah, we understand. Yeah. We so went through this. So, yeah. so, so but what I like to give is people the no bullshit. I think that one of the worst things you can tell a filmmaker is go for your dream. You should go for your dream mm -hmm. and you should do, no, what, what I think really helps is hard information yeah. being told what the realities are. And that's something that film threat always did. I think even for the people where, you know, we, we would, you know, give bad reviews to at least respected film threat and, and, and respected the fact that we would say the things that other, other media outlets were too afraid to say would because we say, weren't yeah. owned by some mega corporation right. as some outlets are owned now by yeah, you're, ne you're never going to see a hard, <laughs> biting review from, like, Entertainment Weekly because they won't get the interviews. It'll cause a sure. ripple effect. And there was a there was a columnist there that started doing that, had really great, insightful, biting columns. And they were spot on. They were absolutely um, – uh, I can't remember his name now because yeah. he was only in, like, about three issues. And then all of a sudden he disappeared. Right. Because um, he was telling it too much like it is. Yeah. And, and the thing yeah. – so, 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 so all you guys out there listening, uh, this, is, this is a cool thing to support because what and, – and just as comedy film nerds, um, we obviously support indie film. And to have Film Threat up and running, to have you doing this online show – Obviously, we'd love to be a part of that, but then you know the you will be a guest on my show. Yeah, we'll be a guest on your show for sure. But also, but also, like you're going to discover now that we're in this era of podcasting and everything, you're going to go, oh, oh, guys, you need to have this filmmaker on your show, you know, because you're going to be back because you really haven't been that involved in it the last so you will be back involved in it again which i think is a good and thing you're gonna make great more more movie picks like uh literally with uh not only just dvds but i know you'll turn people on to more indie films that they've never heard especially of. in this era of there's so many places to find a movie 20 years right. ago it was like there was dvd vhs and the theaters right. and, and, and now with streaming it's even more broad but you do need someone you do need an outlet to, to curate this stuff mm -hmm. to look at the stuff that's at all the film festivals and it's it's not always about the stuff that's coming into theaters and on blu-ray and whatnot there's so many other outlets oh, yeah as we all know so it's nice to be able to filter through that stuff and then support people early on i mean it was i'm always that film there was always the outlet where it's like Early on, the filmmakers would come to me first to get the yeah. quote, and then of course when they didn't need me later, and they were in Entertainment Weekly. But it's a you know there were a lot of filmmakers that broke their first media. I mean, we did a cover story on Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Film Threat was on the set for for Tarantino's first feature. You know, among other filmmakers that we supported through throughout um, throughout their careers. So um, I just love to see them 
give back and, yes. and help support yeah. so that the filmmakers of tomorrow will get some some notice. Well, have you um, contacted? Uh, Tarantino must have a publicist. Nah, I did. You know what's so funny? His ex-girlfriend, an ex-girlfriend of his, actually contacted me and said that I should directly ask Tarantino. You definitely should. Well, here's my problem. He just bought the new Beverly. I'm so well, weird about asking people for help. I'm Irish. You just started a Kickstarter. Right, I know, and that's what you're supposed to do. I'm, you know what I've discovered from starting Kickstarter? I'm really bad at asking for help. I'm terrible at it. I don't like to go to the doctor. I don't like to ask for people to help me move. You know what I do? I pay people to help me move. I am an idiot, and I'm a moron. So I'm oh, no. here speaking to you're, the- Wow, that's a, te- that's a terrible pitch. <laughs> this is awful. So I'm saying I'm, I'm asking for help. Well, you need to shave your yeah. face with a Harry's razor. You, so? you need, need to, to just polish up your man polish face. Polish up really? your man face. Use a coupon code. To yeah, save $5. Comedy film nerds. I'm using it. Once I start to shave. But I've got my. So, so yeah, it's, 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 I'm just saying this is difficult for me. Well, this because is I've never asked for this kind of help before. And, honestly, I've seen, and I've helped so many people with their Kickstarter. Honestly, Chris. Will you tweet this for me, Chris? Of yeah. course. This is one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on, is because well, I, knew that, I knew that about you. Yes. And uh, I actually, when Chris sent out the email and I saw it there, and I'm like, why isn't he asked to be on the show so we can help him out with this I was like i'm like you know what i'm embarrassed to ask yeah. i'm like let me email chris and like i know you're doing this kickstarter come on let's let's help you out and let's uh, get some of the comedy film well, thank you. don't over. be afraid like what we did in that last three four days was we how on, did you do it we got on the phone you yeah, actually we got on the phone. called people. we called some yeah. people we called in some like some big some big donors and right. like we know you I think- can 10 grand is the most you can give That's on Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, it was a, a matter of promotion, too. Everyone from Aisha to Doug, everyone helped out right. with that last minute push. But the thing is, too, like you start, what happened was all of a sudden we got one or two big donations. So then everyone went, wait a minute. This could make it. Everyone who was right. sitting on the sidelines went, well, shit, maybe my 50 bucks will help. And then it springs, right. all, then all of a sudden all the little ones start coming in more because now it's not a waste of time. Because well, when they see a yeah. big jump, when they see a $10,000 yeah. jump, they go, ooh. Well, let me let me invite everyone to a party. I'm having a party, and one of two things is going to happen at this party. We will be celebrating that Film Threat got funded and the Kickstarter worked, or we will be- Live suicide. We will be talking, <laughs> we will be discussing the death of Film Threat, and in my opinion, the death of indie film. And this party- and Will be you're hosted all, by IndieWire. You're all invited- <laughs> Sponsored by yeah. Harry's Race. No, yeah. uh, it's actually going to be at Meltdown Comics Tuesday, April 21st from noon to midnight. There will be drinks, there will be fun, lots of guests, and it's all going to be live streamed on the internet. Really? We're also going to be using Periscope, so I'll be doing some little Periscope drops. Uh, so for the last 12 hours of the campaign, it's going to be all hands on deck. It's going to be a reunion of tons of people oh, involved with Film Threat. All the old writers. So uh, the Facebook invite goes up this week. I'll be inviting select people. To, like, I would love to have you guys get on the live stream and, oh, and chat. Yeah. And um, so it's going to be from noon to midnight. Meltdown Comics is going to be open. We're doing a big party. Hey, I have an idea. Why don't we record a podcast? Why don't you record that? a Comedy Film Nerds episode there? Hold on. I'm, I have a show that night in Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> well, then you won't be there. Actually, what you could do is you could be on Periscope. Have you seen that Periscope app? Uh-uh. Oh my gosh, you got to check out this app. So I, will, it's a thing- I, will, I will video stream at right. any point during that day. No, but what's cool is, is you, can, it, you download it, it connects to uh, Twitter, and what it does is it allows you to live stream from anywhere. 
So if you you could just say, hey, I'm in Eugene, Oregon. I'm right here, right now. And you're actually on video talking to people via this app. It's it's insane. It's awesome. So we're going to be doing some – so I'm on Periscope under my name, that Chris Gore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, April 21st, Tuesday, noon to midnight, Meltdown Comics. It's going to be insane and uh, it's going to be a reunion. I expect most people are actually probably going to show up in the evening, to be quite frank. It's going to be more like 6 or 7 p.m. That's when it's going to be the main crush. But uh, I'll come be- earlier. Kids are in school. Right, I'll yeah. Do, I'll do the dad time. Do the dad <laughs> time. But yeah, no, I'll need someone because I'm not going to be able to handle 12 hours. I need other people to take on the mic and and whatnot. But it's it's going to be pretty exciting. And that'll be for the last 12 hours of the campaign. That's really um, – and I'm going to see if I can call – and I appreciate the advice, calling in some big guns and some big, yes. some big drops mm-hmm. in there. Um, will be huge a huge help. So so we'll see. I've never uh, you know. Let, let look, me give I you think, a, another piece of advice too. Have please. some uh, have some rewards mm-hmm. that you can only get at this party. Oh, that's interesting. That you know, for people to go and can actually you know, you have, get, well, you'll have a turn. You'll have a. Uh, you can add new rewards in the next two weeks. Yeah, well, you the, could add the, yeah. ones, or you could put it. You know, you could have a special one, right? Like a custom reward you could put in. But then somebody gets there, you give them a special one, then they go on the laptop or whatever, and they right. donate right to Kickstarter at the party. Right. Well, I mean, the one thing you will get is I had five hundred of these save film threat buttons, and you can see a picture of it at uh, if you look on Twitter at film threat. Mm-hmm. You'll see. How about, you'll see the, how about for a thousand dollars they can be a guest on comedy film nerds how about that oh okay. wow for real right now okay yeah. good all right good mm, i'll put 1500. that in <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> 15 it's just one there's just one chris is kind of a hard ass but all right yeah well no we'll do a thousand thousand okay yeah, <laughs> i'm adding it for a thousand bucks Tweet tweet from the comedy film nerds account yeah. and see if they, if anyone bites and I'll retweet of course. But yeah, put, yeah put, I mean, put, let us know when you put that in your Kickstarter and then yeah. we'll tweet that. Yes. All right, thousand All right. bucks you get to be a guest on this show. All right, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. See cool. you. Go. See you. Done. See you. Look, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm 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 fairly optimistic. I'm fairly optimistic. It's it's uh and and there's also some other five pro- grand. You're a guest and we get to set you on fire. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I think I think that party is going to be it's going to be, yeah, but not impossible. It, I don't, yeah. <laughs> no, but I appreciate you guys having me on. Sure, uh, sure. Just to, to talk about it, mm-hmm. and I, I hope there's a lot of are, favors yeah. you can call in too. Just and, and, and even people not giving you big sums of money. Maybe you got some big filmmaker who's got an autograph. Maybe James Gunn. Maybe yeah, James Gunn. Whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, Someone, I've known James Gunn for a while. But see, this is this is me being like I know lots of people. Call in the phone. I am one in. of those. Cringe about inconveniencing well, you know someone. Why don't you have Mark so Bell do it then? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he'll do it. You think so? Yeah, I mean, you guys, you gotta, you gotta call in these favors. You have right. to. It's right. the only way to get to that goal. And people and, want cool it, shit. You man. gotta Give understand cool too is you know all the people that were that were with you at the beginning they they don't forget. Yeah, I mean they're happy to help you out. You know, so well, yeah. I definitely get in touch with them. Because right. maybe there's someone's got a cool tier they could offer. I mean, James Gunn might have some crazy um, swag from Guardians that yeah, you know, right. know that you know could make could be in its its own reward. Okay, yeah. It's a five thousand dollar, ten thousand yeah. dollar reward because he's going to give you the blah 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 from right, right. right. Mm-hmm. All right, that's good. All I like right. this thinking. Thank you guys. I, I sure. appreciate it. It's what we love doing. And I lo- also love coming here. This is like one of my because this is my third time now on this podcast. Yeah, this is one of my favorite. And you ask me, I'm like. I love just love talking yeah. movies. And I also love like blowing because I we all have different areas of knowledge, right? right. You know, yep. we can't mm-hmm. can't know and see everything. So it's always fun to come here and kind of 
hope I'm going to blow you guys away with some <laughs> weird thing that I know. Always happens. And I guarantee <laughs> if you if you are if you have the app and you listen to the the extra for this week, I'm going to blow your mind. Yes. So it's a plug for the app. Do it. Work it. Work that app. So now let's talk about coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. Now I want to talk about this movie because I finally saw it on DVD. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the remake. Produced by Michael Bay, but not directed by Michael Bay. But now Graham just left the room. So... Uh, <laughs> Well, this is the thing. I, okay, I, I have not seen this, but I'll just say I have only heard the worst about this movie from everyone. You know what's fascinating, too? And I read some of these reviews, and I remember saying, well, it's better than the Transformers movies. But you know what? Is polio better than cancer? You know? Is, you know like, what? What? Oh my god! How are you comparing it? It's uh, like it's you. you can't but sometimes when the, when you heard something is bad over and over and over, and then yeah. you finally see it, but, is but, it bad? I you know is it bad? I I went in with an open <laughs> mind because I'm a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. I thought you know what maybe they got a few of these things right. Maybe they did because Michael Bay maybe just produced it, supervised the visual effects or whatever. Um, no. No, they, they, they got it wrong. And, and one of the reasons is basically because Michael Bay is producing. And he did what he does with all of his movies. He literally sucks the charm out of everything. Like anything that was cool or interesting is gone. Like everything from the design of the turtles, like this hyper-realistic, weird, like, you know, almost like human faces with human teeth. Like, I'm like what are you doing? They're, they're turtles. You know, you don't have to make them look all weird. And I go back to, like, the one where Jim Henson's Creature Shop made the Turtles, the original mm-hmm. New Line movie. And it was so much more charming and interesting and funnier. Uh, does it hold up? Not really. But you could see the intention, especially when it came out. I think it was early 90s. Um, so this movie, it, it did, it, it was one of those movies where you're watching and you're like, oh, no one gave a shit. No one cared about this movie. No one cared about the franchise. It was just, you know, a big budget blockbuster, shovel it into the summer, grab any IP you can, make it and get rid of it. And that's exactly what happened. You know, it it came out, uh, it didn't do well, although it was weird, like they had these weird cameos, like Whoopi Goldberg is in it. Like she has, she's April April O'Neil's boss. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Oscar winner. Yes. Whoopi Goldberg was in it. Yes. She did two scenes, and I, I will say she was kind of funny. Uh, but it, this movie, it did. Host of The View. Host of The View, yes. <laughs> so when you when you look into this movie, and when you're watching this movie, you're, you're thinking, okay, well, maybe they'll be funny. Maybe there'll be some funny lines because it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. How could you get every part of that wrong? Um, and like, like it was like this weird dumb jokes, and then a couple creepy jokes. Like uh, they first see April Neo was Megan Fox, and one guy, one of the turtles goes, "Oh, my shell's getting tighter." Like he has an erection. So I'm like, "This is these are the jokes you're making." Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm thinking, of course, in Logic Land, I'm thinking, okay, if you were a mutated turtle, would you find a human female attractive? <laughs> Granted, you can't really go there for that movie, but. One of the things that really struck me about this film is how much money was spent literally on nothing. It was all <laughs> about, like, effects and set pieces and action, and it was all flat. It was all flat. It was it was how can we make another building blow up? It looked like you were watching outtakes from Transformers, and then they just, you know, keyed in, like, the, the turtles onto these uh, scenes. Like, a good example is 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tend to know how to fight. That's one of the charms of watching them right. take on a horde of guys, mm-hmm. uh, the Foot Clan. So there's one scene where they all come out of an elevator into a warehouse full of guys with weapons. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a really cool beatdown. They go back into the elevator and go back up, so you don't even get to see them martial arts fight. It's unbelievably ridiculous. And then you have Shredder, who's supposed to be the big villain that fights the turtles, and it goes back to history in Japan and good and evil and all of the Eastern philosophy. And what they do instead is they make Shredder a Transformer. They just give him like a bunch of armor that's completely mechanical and... uh, uh, that so basically he's a robot that is now fighting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which completely gets rid of any type of um, martial arts philosophy at all. Because even when you have a villain in martial arts movies, Graham, as you know, the villain still wants to express and um, uh, uh, his dominance over the hero by physical prowess. I can beat you with my martial arts. I can beat you with my strength. I can beat you with my fighting. But when you take all that away and you just put him in like a robot suit, it doesn't matter. And then Uh. what they did after that is uh, they made uh, the turtles bulletproof. So then all of a sudden all the guys with guns, it didn't even matter because they were all bulletproof. And I thought, oh, well, maybe it's just the shell. No, they go, no, we're completely bulletproof. What? Why? Then, then of course, at about halfway in, I'm like, why am I watching this movie? This is and uh, I was really disappointed because I thought Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles could have been a really cool remake. Like, let's say James Gunn had made a remake of Teenage Mutant. Well, Ninja that's Turtles. the one thing that that would how cool would that with have Guardians? Been? He cared about those characters, exactly. and also he James Gunn had had experience with digital characters before. Yes. in the Scooby Doo films, so he's he's had experience with effects and actually making this is a character. This is a real yeah. thing. Rocket Raccoon felt real. Groot right. felt real. I mean, those characters had as much depth as. Anyone, yeah, the, anyone yeah, else the in the Guardians. Characters. Yeah. And, and this would, it just felt like everyone literally walked through it. Nobody cared. Everyone just threw a bunch of money at this franchise. And um, does it make more sense? And is, mo- is it more coherent than the Transformers movies? Like I said, yeah, but so what? It's still a bad movie. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, they hired Jonathan Liebsman to direct it, who's done such amazing films as Darkness Falls, Technis- Texas. Did he do the Underworld movies? Uh, no, no, he did Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, okay. The Killing Room. Wrath of the Titans, and then Battle Los Angeles. Battle Los Angeles is the best movie out of that. Yeah, wow. yeah, wow. and that, that movie was weird. It was like it was like it's like one of those video. It was like a video game commercial that right. was ninety minutes. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> because exactly. these video game yeah. commercials you see these days, there was one for Halo recently. Yeah. You're looking at going like, what movie is this that I'm going to I know, go see? Because it looks yeah, so yeah. epic. Uh-huh. The ones for Destiny. You, these video game commercials now are as they epic look like as, movies. They yeah, look yeah. like movies. Uh-huh. So Battle Los Angeles looked like one of those commercials. Uh, ultimately, a worthless. You know, thing when, when you got to the end of that movie, it was kind of pointless. The right. whole thing. It was just fun to see Santa Monica get the yeah, shit blown out. Of it. Yeah. it was like, oh my god, that's that street that's and this. That's, that's my hair. <laughs> like I know those legs. I used to live on the West Side, so I'm like looking at it, going like, this is pretty cool. But that's of no interest to anyone else who yeah. didn't live in the area. So right. and it had this weird thing where it was like it's a PG-13 movie, so it's kind of too violent for kids, but then too dumb for adults. So it's like this oh, movie. It's a they sweet spot. Made a movie for uh, no one. No, there's no one that can enjoy this. All film. right, yeah. so uh, I am sorry to say again because it's a wasted opportunity. This let's could get have been another really cool. DVD pick. Uh, Most violent year. Now, Chris, you saw Chris Gore. You saw yes, this. yes, yes. 
really enjoyed it. It's also great to see, uh, sort of like knowing what's coming up with Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh-huh. It's great to see Oscar Isaac in a God, leading he's role. Yeah, he's yeah. really good. It just gives me so much hope for this uh, new trilogy of Star Wars films. Well, this is the odd thing about this movie was its release date. It came out in January. It felt like they they had first made it as, oh, this might get some Oscar. But then, so what happened? Like, why is this, why did it get that release date? Why did it? It's weird because it's a smart, it's almost like the anti-Godfather in, in the sense that like Oscar Isaac is trying to do everything by the book. He's trying to not be drawn into the the the, the criminal world that that the trucking business apparently is in is so entrenched in. Yeah, exactly. So I love like the style of it, the act. It was just so you know there was a tension throughout, and him just trying to avoid like the district, you know, the, all the lawyers from the city that were trying to take him down and and just find any shred that that he was he was horrible. He was just trying to do the right thing. Um, so it's it's sort of like the flip of that of, of a mob movie in a sense. Um, and and so I love that aspect of it. You, you saw it, right? I mean, you guys both. No, saw I never no, saw, I it. Never it. saw oh, it. Never saw. You guys haven't seen it. Okay, it, it, so it was one of those movies that just it was because it was an Oscar film. It was an Oscar film. I mean, it was like it was because it came out like just. It's one of those things where like it came out in January in wide release. Right. And it came out actually in December where it, when it needed to for so, Oscar for, consideration. To, yeah, yeah, for qualification. But yeah, Oscar Isaac's character is just trying to. He's trying to make a deal to expand his trucking business, but his it. But it's rival trucking companies that are that are, um, you know, battling for turf, so to speak. So um, Jessica Chastain, of, I would imagine. Oh God, her. she's so good yeah. in it as she's so and as his wife in the film and she's sort of like the lady Macbeth that's trying to draw him into like look the only way to succeed is to really go to the dark side so to speak yeah. to basically involve yourself in crime and he's like this cannot stand so it's the conflict with his wife where he's trying to 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 battle her like no I can do this all legal by the book on the up and up and, and so it's just fascinating to see the, the, the sort of moral it's all this moral struggle with him and him like uh uh you know, you see the, the what he has to actually deal with because you see that these truckers are so scared because they're being attacked by rival trucking companies that they arm themselves and he's saying no guns, no guns. You know, we don't want that's just going to lead to something. If you have a gun, the other guy has a gun, someone's going to get shot. If you don't have a gun, you're just going to you're just it's the, the other guy is committing a crime. You're not committing a crime. So so it's it's fascinating to see it. So it's kind of a really anti that's that's why it's weird that it's called the most violent year. I mean, there's violence in it. There's horrible violence in it. But but it's 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 not a crazy violent movie, right? It's not a crazy violent movie, but it's but it's it's like this whole thing of like, well, what if you what if you had the opportunity to do things make the right choice? What if Michael Corleone had actually gone the path of being a good guy rather than getting drawn into his father's business? And that's kind of what this grapples with. Why do you think this didn't I mean, aside from the obvious answer of of why it didn't get Oscar consideration is maybe they just didn't have the marketing budget. It's 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 anything like that. You know, some good films get lost in the shuffle. I mean, right. this is definitely one. But of But they those- made a put that that's the thing that's so curious to me is they did the limited release in December, right? To try to get consideration, it's got all these heavy hitters, Jessica Chastain and Oscar. I mean, these are you know 
the, it never seemed to connect though with audience. It just it, you're yeah. absolutely right. It just didn't connect. It didn't. And there are other things that are just you know in the zeitgeist and that are more socially relevant. For example, Benedict Cumberbatch and Imitation Game, right? And 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 whatnot. I think that that resonated more. They're just movies that resonate more. This did not resonate. Doesn't make it any less of a film. It's also a film that if I were doing my DVD Tuesday segment, I would say that this is a rent, not a buy. So it's something that you should seek out and. You definitely should see it, but it really is all about the performances. It's really about Jessica Chastain uh, and, and Oscar Isaac. It's not and 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 that and that seeing that sort of like the flip of that we've seen the mob movies before. Sure. We've seen those get cliche. This is a flip of the cliche. So hmm. they should have marketed it that way. Yes, they should I have. I had no idea. You had no idea, yeah. Until you just said He's that. trying to be a good guy. He's trying to not be bad. And and, and should have called it a less violent year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I don't but know. But I never got the impression from the trailers or from the title. Of that course, that they're going to play up. They're going to play up the exploitation mm. aspect, which is violence and Jessica Chastain being, you know, and no matter what he does, he's trying to like, you know, and stay the, stay the good they, path. That they took the mark. They, they took that sort of cliche marketing tact is mm-hmm. probably. I mean, for me. And maybe you too. Yeah, I would have. If it just made it look like a, any yeah, other movie yeah, in that yeah. genre. Like I would have eh, another crime yeah. film. Mm-hmm. Another crime film. It's not just another crime film. Um, uh, but it really is. It does also feel like one of those movies that was made in the 70s, like the John Cassavetes, yeah. very built on performance and tension and kind of winding you up for big scenes. So because I think it had that kind of tone, it's not as it's not it's not going to resonate with a broader audience. But but certainly with anyone that's like, I mean, look, if you're looking forward to Star Wars Episode 7, if you're like me and you have watched the television show Girls on HBO because Adam Driver is in it and he plays Kylo Ren, the evil Sith Lord in Episode 7, the Force Awakens, Star Wars, the new Star Wars movie. You will also enjoy Oscar Isaac <laughs> in a most violent year. Where his char- I think his character in Star Wars is Damon Poe. I, I don't, you know, who, these names mean nothing. Yeah, yeah. Kylo Ren, Damon Poe. I have no idea what the, they sound like Star Wars names, I guess. But but know, now if you saw Adam I'm Driver. I'm going to Star Wars Celebration in like a week. So oh, nice. I'm super excited to, to go to that. Now, if you saw Adam Driver, though, at a film festival, how big would his head be? <laughs> It'd be pretty big. I don't know. That guy seems big. Is he like 6'2"? I mean, he seems like a larger dude. Right? He was in guy. tracks too. Yeah. He? yeah he was, He's he in that movie guy. I really want to see with Ben Stiller, directed by Noah Baumbach. Have you guys talked about that one yet? No, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Oh my God, I'm yet. dying to see it. I heard Ben Stiller uh, on another podcast. And, uh, and 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 he was talking about the movie, and, and I like Noah Baumbach. I like Squid and the Whale. I think it's a great underrated What's film. What's it called? Happy the, Valley? Uh, no. 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 What are you looking at? I'm just looking at the next movie we're going oh, to. Right. The next movie is Happy Valley. <laughs> That's the next movie. Anyways. No, pull, actually, pull that up because I, I was looking at that too. Uh, what is it? The, the, the new um, Ben Stiller movie. Yeah, by, uh, directed by Noah Baumbach. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name, but it's really interesting because the premise of it is is it's this couple, Ben Stiller and his wife, and they're like in their 40s. They try to regain their youth and, with a And they couple. meet this, uh, and th- this is the cool thing about it. So Ben Stiller is this character who's a documentary filmmaker, and he has a crew, and they've got all this equipment and all this stuff. And it's like Adam Driver and this his his wife – um, they're in their 20s and they just have all this vitality and life and and Ben Stiller have all of their friends are in their 40s. They're all kind of beaten down by life and whatnot. So Ben Stiller's this documentary filmmaker and Adam Driver's like, yeah, I make movies too. And then he makes them all on his iPhone and they get oh, like right, tons right. of views yeah, on yeah. YouTube. Yet like Ben Stiller's like this guy that can only do it like this this other way, the more expensive way. It's just really funny like to see while that. We're young, is what while, while, while we're young. Yeah, while we're young. So you know what? I've convinced myself. I will go see that in the theater this week. <laughs> Directed by Noah Baumbach. Yeah, I, I really like Noah Baumbach. 
right. and Happy Valley is the other DVD. Yes, that's, uh, well, I have not seen it. Who's seen it among us? Happy Valley is uh, ha- is Happy Valley PTA. Is that no, is no, that a different you, movie? You know what? Is this the uh, the Penn State documentary? Yeah. This yeah, is, yeah, that's what... Observes the year after Pennsylvania State, uh, the Sandusky arrest and the child. Oh, I'd like to see this. I'd like to see when uh, that happened. And uh, it was clear that the fans of uh, that school were more, uh, cared more about football than... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To well, show I, you how out of whack that yeah. was. Well, I feel like when you see a documentary like that, that clearly is going to depress you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very sad. And you're going to see things that are tragic. And you're going to have empathy for all the... the the real people whose lives were devastated and affected by it. You got to be ready for it. You got to be ready for it. And one of the upsides of seeing a film like that, if I'm, if I might suggest is that you can look at that and go, Holy shit. My life is not that bad. This is going to, so it's in a sense, it, it's a feel good movie because it will make you look at your own life. Whatever your problems are, are nowhere near as bad as the people in this documentary, which is the reason I watch depressing documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> The, the director, Amir Bar-Lev, uh, has done a bunch of docs. He did The Tillman Story, which is an excellent documentary that we talked about on this show when it came out. Five, I have seen it. It's, that's a great, it's a great doc. Yeah. yeah. That's a great documentary. Um, so I'm – when this whole – I don't know if I can see this documentary because – Really? When this shit happened, I was so enraged. And then the yeah, – I'm from Pennsylvania. Oh. I, was like, oh, I, I, I performed at Penn State. So I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? When he, when, 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 uh, what's his name? The head coach got fired and the, the, the fans and the students pro like rioted. And I was just like watching this on TV going, I'm sorry, what? And then when all of this came out and people were like, you know, the, the investigators were like, this whole, this football program should be shut down. And people were like, you can't do that. It's not fair to the people. And what about the economy of Happy Valley? I don't give a fuck. Like, what do you, like, I went to school at the University of Arizona, and Lute Olson was a god, right? He was the basketball coach. He got us to the Final Four, won a championship. And I, you know, I went to all the games, and I was just watching Arizona in the tournament this past, you know, week or two. And if I found out that one of his assistant coach that came this story came out, I would have burned my fucking Arizona shit <laughs> in the middle of campus. Well, it's weird how many stories have come out. I mean, first of all, it's, it's and then the free report where it's like right. thirteen years paterno. There's emails of him going, "Well, we can't let this affect the program." Knew about it, right? Didn't care that boys were. I mean, like it was just like you fuck also too. Off. It's it's even a, like a false argument. Like when it comes out, I'm like, no, you could fire and clean house. You could fire everyone and still have a football program. Yeah, yeah. you don't. You're not going to lose a sport. Yeah, I don't you think you, you don't think you need to lose the football program. But you certainly, yeah. the people that are involved made right. bad choices. That guy right. should have been in jail years ago, rather than destroying the lives of how, who knows how many <laughs> yeah, young boys. Exactly. And also, like as a father, you know, I look at something like that. It's the only thing that would drive me to, to sure, even sure. think about murdering another human yeah. being. Yes. Would be someone doing that to, to my kid. Yeah. is like, yeah, I would think about going to that dark place. Everybody, like the other kid. assistant coach, I saw him doing it, but I didn't know what to do. Well, that guy, I remember seeing what? interviews with that guy. Yeah, it was it was horrifying. So, Ugh. yeah. So, Happy Valley is is it? It's out on DVD. Is it? Is it on, on Netflix or anything else? DVD. It's out on yep. DVD. Streaming, all that stuff. I'm a, I'm not sure. I know it's out on DVD. So where else it is? I would look for it. 
because I'm going to look for it. I'm, ta- I'm taking this paper, by the yeah. way. <laughs> I'm taking this with all the notes. And then on it. again, if you haven't seen it already, the Tillman story is a great documentary. Yeah, yeah. but you know, it's not often that we see sports fans act like assholes. It's very rare <laughs> occurrence. Especially um, in Philly. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, all this stuff has come out with the NCAA, which I'm surprised. Like, I think it was the John Oliver show. SNL even did a sketch really talking about the exploitation of NCAA oh, yeah. basketball players. These, these kids that get these so-called free worthless college right. and then they, and then they can't be paid and they can't actually receive any upside. Right. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable and yeah. just unconscionable all this stuff. I'm just glad it's coming to light. I also foresee no change whatsoever None. because what's involved is the almighty buck billions of dollars right involved billions of dollars Um, correct so premiering this week uh the longest ride if those of you are thinking god i wish there was another movie based on a nicholas sparks novel how how much longer am i gonna have to wait for another movie from a Nicholas Sparks. Oh, God. The lives of a young couple intertwined with a much older man as he reflects back on the lost love while he's trapped in an automobile crash. Oh, come on, man. Does he turn into a wolf or a vampire? Like, eh. So uh, I think he even helped write the screenplay on this one, too, or it was just based on his, uh, his book. George Tillman Jr. directed it. Craig Bolton and Nicholas Sparks, based on the Nicholas Sparks. I, I'm yeah. good with never seeing that movie. Yeah, I'm this is something I couldn't watch on a plane on an international flight. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like I've got seven more hours. I've already flown for five hours, and I've got seven more to fly, and I still couldn't watch this guy. What you would movie. do is you would actually turn the screen off and watch that for seven hours. Yeah, I'd look <laughs> at a blank screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna look at a blank screen. Um, I would watch Pixels before yeah. I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Have you seen that trailer? Yes. Wow. I mean, it was a really cute short film that Sony bought the rights to to turn into now an Adam Sandler vehicle. Oh, you know? Boy. I mean, it's 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 bizarre to me. And it looks dumb. I mean, like, horrible, the trailer, horrible. it's like, yes, you've ripped off Ghostbusters and you've made it with video game characters. I hate this already. But here's the thing. The video game characters that we like. Yeah, we exactly. We don't want to see people... Pac-Man killing people. Yeah. Uh, so we actually we talked about it on Tom Merritt's uh, podcast. Right. Yeah. It was. Uh, it looks horrible. So next movie, I cannot wait to see Ex Machina. Oh, oh my gosh! Yes. Wow. This looks absolutely fantastic. This Everything, is Alex Garland. Yes. Who's? Oh my god! That, that guy. He's he is capable of smart sci-fi, which is right. which is much needed. So uh, and also. Oscar Isaac is in it, along with uh, another guy. I can't, I can't. I can't pronounce this guy's name. Domhall Gleeson. Domhall Gleeson. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and Domhall Gleeson is is also in Star Wars. This is, I'm trying to connect everything to Star Wars <laughs> Episode Seven, The Force Awakens, because I'm such a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> but it, it uh, looks it looks absolutely fantastic, and it looks like smart, really smart science fiction, and. Unfortunately, it looks like we're getting the smartest science fiction uh, in the lower budget realms. Right, like you would like the you know you you can have a high budget smart sci fi well, movie. I mean, well, we had well, that's not true. We just had Interstellar because so. right, but, uh, but, the- but that's it's that kind of thing. You have that science fiction vision that um, on a lower budget, but it, this this movie looks amazing. It raises it, large questions. I think it's that thing that talked about in the episode with Jim Bruce, where he said constraints are good. And I think a, a, a sci-fi movie with an endless budget, they get all ra- wrapped up in the let's how cool it's going to look yeah, and the computer. Avatar. You have Avatar, and and versus 
Like, we don't have the money for the big budget, so we better make the story solid. Yeah, and, and spend we- it all on the robot, but the rest of it's going to be a cabin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and it's like, let's spend it, and, and also let's... Have it rooted in science. Yes. And and do what, like you say, what good science fiction does is ask all these questions of like, oh, what does the future hold and all this other stuff. And that that's why you look at this and go, right on, man. What if, and then what would happen next? Yeah. That's what great mm-hmm. science fiction asks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. No, that one is, I'm, I'm there. And this is, now, I, let's talk about uh, released a little bit because this, to me, is the perfect movie to release simultaneously on demand and in theaters. Like, I don't think I need to see this on a big screen. Like, if this came out right on Friday on demand, I'd be buying it immediately and watching it at home. Well, I mean, not to bring it back to Star Wars again, but you heard the the big announcement yesterday, right? Mm -mm. No. Oh, all the Star Wars movies are going to be available on iTunes, Vudu, all digital formats in HD. With extras, including new extras you've never seen before. So, um, now so it's finally happening. Press release went right, went out yesterday. It's funny because on the Disney Anywhere app, you can get five of the six Star Wars movies because Fox owns Star Wars: A New Hope, Episode Four, the very first Star Wars movie, technically. Um, but you can buy them. You'll be able to buy Star Wars all of the movies with new extras on iTunes and all digital formats. This Friday, April 10th. Wow. wow. Now, yeah. are these also the... <laughs> Not um, to screw up your uh, outline here, but um, <laughs> that's kind of big news. Now, so, But also, I heard Disney was going to release them. Are these the completely These are the special ones? editions. Special editions. Now, I heard the unedited ones, the original ones are those, coming out too. My understanding is those will never be released. As part of George Lucas's deal with Disney, he never wants to see the original theatrical versions of Star Wars. I may disagree with you there. I thought no. I, I read a press release yes, saying that they would come out. No. There wasn't there's never been an official press release about that. That's always been fan speculation and fan wish fulfillment. It's not been announced. My understanding is that internally, look, it, it's not that Disney does not want to do this. Yeah, I heard they're they going to be on Blu-ray. Want to do yeah. this. Uh but they're actually still they're they're doing 4K versions. So just to remind you, I don't know how many times I bought Star Wars because I bought it on VHS <laughs> in a box yeah. set and then a widescreen VHS and then the special editions. But anyways, and Laserdisc and, okay. So, so. Laserdisc too, huh? Yeah, I had, I actually have the Criterion Laserdisc definitive collection box set, which wow. which actually has the original theatrical cuts, but there's even like mistakes in those that are different and, and it, it, it's little minor cuts and changes. So but George Lucas is actually, they're actually working on the 4K versions. So I don't. I know you don't own a 4K TV yet, no, uh-uh. or an 8K TV, but you're going to someday, and you're going to have to rebuy everything again. Wow. Well, my because these are only in 1080p. Now, uh, everyone, um, go to the message boards and let us know what you think about all the different Star Wars versions, and if uh, if you think that will ever come out originally on Blu-ray, or I if d- you think it won't. Are you I, sure? I, on DVD Tuesday, on DVD Tuesday, once I brought in all the versions of Star Wars I had before uh-huh. I did a major purge a couple years ago of a ton of my possessions, and it was it was a giant stack of like this VHX box set that had this mm. little signed letter from George Lucas, this one that had like a sleeve, this I mean it was like seven different times I had bought it. And wow. I, I'm telling you, it was twice that uh, because I got rid of certain versions, but yeah, it's come out so many times and Disney's looking to cash in. So yeah, I'd just be curious what fans think of this. Look, fans want the original yes. theatrical version. And I heard Disney's going to release them on Blu-ray. This is, this is what I heard. This is what you have heard on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Don't always trust the internet. What? Because you saw it on Reddit doesn't make it true. Oh, Reddit, you got me again. 
Yeah. Um, I'm just so so the official press release went out yesterday. There was a commercial that was run during whatever ba- basketball game was happening yeah. yesterday. I forget yeah. what it was, and then um, and then and then it's coming out Friday. The movies. So there All you right. Are. All right. So nerds know where they're spending money this All Friday. Right. Uh, last movie that. coming out this week is Lost River. Now this I saw the Ryan trailer. Ryan Gosling this movie. directed and wrote this. Ryan Gosling directed and wrote this film, and if you watch the trailer, it will make very little sense. <laughs> and uh, it really looks like Ryan Gosling went, you know what? I'm famous enough. I'm going to make a David Lynch movie. And it that, really? That's really what it yeah, felt it's, like. It's, it's got this weird kind of like intense, heavy drama. But then these also weird like, was that a dream sequence? Was that a fantasy sequence? Mm. Well, how does this kind of play into everything? Like, uh, Here's the description. Okay. A single mother is swept into a dark underworld while her teenage son discovers a road that leads him to a secret underwater town. <clears throat> All right. Do there they you breathe have it. water in the underwater zone? Uh, Is Aquaman there? Uh, so um, the mother gets into crime and he finds Atlantis. Sure. So. Is the uh, submariner in it? <laughs> Here's the thing when you get on this river in this underwater town <laughs> is take a right and then go watch Ex Machina. <laughs> <laughs> However, you pronounce Ex it. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. <laughs> I love it. This is a movie. That's a spicy river. Ah, that's a spicy river underworld. Oh, no. I like my robots and living in the woods. <laughs> Oh, uh, my God. Wow. We've had quite a show. Holy shit. This is, uh, we didn't even get the site spotlight and fan feedback. We'll do it quick. Um, now, one of the things, if you go to the Facebook fan page, this was really cool. A fan, Lindsay Rose, there's a pic with her wearing a comedy film nerds t shirt standing next to Paul McCartney, which he's was really a, cool. He's a Beatle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was at the improv, and I was thinking about this, and I was like, there's, and I've been at that club when Seinfeld has popped in, Chris Rock, whatever. No one, who's more famous that could pop yeah. in there? Who's been that famous for that long? Well, yes, and then also we know who Paul McCartney is, but there is a whole <laughs> generation of people who do not. I think the internet proved that a couple weeks ago, right? right? When Paul, there was that whole situation where Paul McCartney played, it's like, oh, well, it's cool, you're promoting a new artist, this guy, Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> right? You saw that, right? Where, where kids on Twitter didn't know who Paul McCartney was. Wow. That was depressing. Yeah. Well, maybe I don't know. I still think he's the most famous guy to ever go into the improv. I I, I, likely, I agree with you. Most likely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's no. I mean, not the funniest. No, no, his set blew. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, a lot of hacky, a lot of. Yeah, he was a guitar act. <laughs> oh, he was a guitar act. <laughs> he did a song parody. Hey with Jude. guitars, I can't stand him. Oh, hey Jude, yeah. uh, we get it. So, and, and one of the things I want to tell you too about the site is uh, definitely check out the message boards. They're working now. Definitely um, add to the conversation. And also, Neil's going clear review is great. And he even emailed me and said, "Am I too hard on Tom Cruise? Should I?" Uh, and I'm like, you know what? Leave it as is. As is. Buddy. As is. It's fine. So, uh, what are they going to do? Out. Shut us down? Yeah. They- <laughs> It would take four seconds, and that would be it. And a credit card and a Google helicopter. It'd be pretty easy. You know, if they're shutting down Film Threat. (laughs) Yeah, that'll happen. That'll happen. If I don't make my Kickstarter, it's gone, folks. Yeah. So, it's going uh, back in the vault. 
check it all that out. stuff gone. So check check out the uh, Neil's review and the uh, the message boards and um and remember, folks, you got to check out. It's there are only two weeks left. Um, make sure you help Chris out with the Kickstarter for um film threat save film threat and also to bring back dvd tuesday dvd it's tuesday true. it's true and he's gonna give a special thing and also shave your face shave your man face uh well that's our show chris so one more time tell the people where they can go to find this yeah just go to filmthreat.com. check out all the you can one of one of the perks we'll have a good perk on there We'll have a good perk on there where you can be a guest on this show. Thousand bucks. On Comedy mm-hmm. Film Nerds. And there are perks where you can be a guest on DVD Day. So, so check that out. Just go to filmthreat.com and you can also follow at filmthreat or you can follow me at that Chris Gore. And thank you guys for having me on the show. It's always Absolutely. fun. I love just like- Love having you on it. Well, it's, yeah. it's fun because also like we're, obvi- we're all passionate for movies, but also- you have a sense of humor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a sense of humor. Not everybody has a sense of humor. I've, believe me, I've, I've dealt with stuff shirt critics yeah. for a while. They do not have the sense of humor that you guys have. It's refreshing to come on a podcast. It's not all seriousness. So I love it. So thank you so awesome. much. Awesome. Well, thank cool. you. Um, and... Uh, all right, that's our show. That's all we got. Yeah, and we're going to be doing more LA Podfest uh, announcements pretty soon. Uh-huh. We got a lot of big shows uh, that we're going to be announcing soon, but tickets and hotel rooms are available right now. In fact, they're actually going. People yeah. are buying tickets, and mm-hmm. which is just really we appreciate that. We haven't even announced the entire lineup yet, and you guys are already we're, we're coming. And we tiered the hotel room, so you can still get in for 199 bucks a night, which was last year's price. But you can also get bigger and more deluxe rooms as you go up, and they're all discounted. And so it might be cheaper than to just split. A room with somebody else if you There's get suites one. for two ninety nine a night right those can sleep a bunch of people so yeah. that might be your best way to go so mm-hmm. a lot of options and uh you know we're locking down shows and and getting more sponsors and it's gonna you know every year we're gonna make it a little bit better than yep, the year a little bigger than before bigger. and, this and year, one, one, one thing one thing I, I i have to announce is that i will be getting a hotel room doing the during the yes. during <laughs> You know, I'm just hoping to get on a show. I'm hoping yeah. to get on a show, but I think the first step is I need to get a suite for two ninety nine. Yes, and then just tell people that. that you're going to be there. I'm going to be, gonna be yeah. there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be performing in suite number. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is you guys laugh. This is I'm going to I'm going to do yes. I'm going to do we'll show up there. I'm yeah. going to I'm going to do the slam dance of LA Podfest, <laughs> but it'll be in my suite, and it'll be the it'll be all the podcasts that didn't get didn't, at LA right. Podfest because I've had people come to me because I've been a part of the you yeah, guys yeah. Have, have had me on panels and you've had me yeah. do stuff which I love, but I love that people come to me to try to get on on the LA Podfest. I'm like, well, you should just talk to Chris and Graham. Yeah. I'm not really the guy. I you know I've done a couple things for them. I'm happy to do anything they ask. I'll do, but I'm. I'm not the guy, but I am going to be the guy that's going to start the anti LA pod. Yes, Podfest Slam. Slam. Pod Slam. slam. Pod Slam. Pod Slam is going to be in Suite fifteen hundred on the. Oh, I'm. Oh, you're, there's badges. There's going to be everything that happens at at, at LA pod, Podfest is going to happen in that suite. Yeah. Everything. It's going to be. I don't know. <laughs> as dumb as it is to say this, it's probably it sounds like something stupid I would do. Yeah. As you guys have been well, yes. you've participated in stupid things that I've done, like that that weird award show I did one well, that time. Was great. That was fun. It was fun. It was There's the, the whole, awards over there. Well, yeah, it. yeah. It was yeah. The the, the uh, what was it? What was, was it? Your was golden award? Yeah, the, yeah. The, it was. It was. It was basically to be to be do a parody of an award show mm-hmm. because there were all these awards for podcasts. I I thought they were all bullshit. And and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna 
do my own bullshit one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I appreciate you guys showed up and gave the best speech of the night, yeah. which was awesome. <laughs> so thank you. So come to Chris Gore's uh, suite for his- Pod Slam. Pod Slam. Pod Slam. Pod Slam suite at Pod LA Podfest. Oh, I'm writing it down so I don't forget. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show. Thank you, Chris. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. As always, remember- Han, Han shot, shot first. first. On Blu-ray. Mm.